Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, this is episode 42 for the love of the game. Let's get it cracking. It's your boy, ATH, recording from the West Coast. That's right. I took my talents to L.A. for today's episode. So, obviously, tonight's intro jam had to be Tupac and Dr. Dre, California Love, only fitting for uh, for a West Coast episode. And it's good to be here lately because L.A. has been the center of the sports world. The Rams and all of their 25 fans were in the Super Bowl and sadly lost much to my chagrin to the New England Patriots. And, well, the Lakers and the shit show that they've become uh, were heavily involved in NBA trade deadline and all the craziness and rumors. So uh, without further ado, let's dive right in. So quick uh, Super Bowl recap. Congrats again to the New England Patriots on their sixth Super Bowl. I absolutely hate doing this, by the way, giving the Patriots credit like I had to do two years ago when they beat Atlanta, but it is what it is. What can you say? Uh, a sixth Super Bowl ring for Brady and Belichick and Robert Kraft. Just just absolutely unreal. As for the game itself, well, it was ugly. 13-3 Patriots, not a lot of offense, and it did not play out like I thought it was going to. Uh, and shout out to anyone who bet the under in that game because uh, you knew you were going to win after about the first half the Pats defense was unreal but man were the Rams awful on offense just abysmal they didn't go no huddle they didn't try and be creative at all uh, a really tough look for Sean McVay and uh, Jared Goff you know the young quarterback and the young coach who were both excellent this year I mean I think the Rams will bounce back but the Rams had gone all in on this season in free agency, uh, so their team may look very different next year. But luckily, their 25 fans probably won't notice, so that's a good thing. Uh, last thing about the Super Bowl, uh, so I can stop talking about the Patriots and giving them credit. Uh, shout out to Julian Edelman, Super Bowl MVP and an absolute mensch who had a great game. 10 catchers for over 140 yards. Very deserving and one of the few... Prop bets that I suggested last episode that won. Uh, he was 20 to 1 to win. So if you bet that, that was pretty good. Uh, as always, Bob Kraft is a mensch. Julian Edelman is a mensch. Brady is awesome. But the jackass Bostonians just ruined the Patriots for me and for everybody else. And Boston, 
absolutely sucks. But anyway, uh, on to the league that matters most, the greatest league in all the land, the National Basketball Association. And what a couple of days it's been in the NBA. The trade deadline has come and went, uh, which was pretty wild. Whether it was the Anthony Davis rumors and drama that uh, didn't come to fruition, more on this a little bit later in the show, or the many trades that were made, the NBA trade deadline dominated news and dominated Twitter for about two weeks and completely overshadowed Super Bowl week and the game itself. And as for Super Bowl week, it wasn't even close, which was the dominant story. Uh, a couple of trades that I really liked, um, just to name a few. Nikola Miritich went from the Pelicans to the Bucks for Jason Smith, Stanley Johnson, and future picks. Miritich is due to be a free agent at the end of the year, but this is a great deal for the Bucks. Perfect for what they need. Uh, he's a big who can shoot. He can uh, allow them to play multiple different ways. They could play Giannis now at the three. They can play him at the four, at the five. They can play together as the two only bigs. He can shoot. Um, and guard the other bigs. Really a great trade from Milwaukee, who's already on top of the East. Philly dealt guard uh, and disappointment. Markel Fultz to Orlando for Jonathan Simmons, a future first-round pick and a second-round pick. Love this trade for both teams. Philly got a wing in Simmons who can play D and shoot a little bit to solidify their bench. And the fact that they got a late first-round pick for a guy who was never really going to play for them, who who's pretty much just a bust, well, that's a pretty good haul for them. As for Orlando, well, given where they are, they needed to take a chance on a former number one pick, so they bought Lowenfoltz. Um, if he turns out to anything, that is an absolute win for Orlando. Uh, no risk, uh, a win-win for both teams. Philly also brought in Tobias Harris for Landry Shamit, who I like, Wilson Chandler, Mike Muscala, and a 2020 first-round pick. Uh, a really nice deal for both sides. For the Clippers, I mean, they got a great haul. Uh, Shamit, a rookie who's a really nice player, can really shoot the three. Uh, and a first-round pick for a guy who was their plan B this offseason in free agency. Uh, now they have tons of cap space uh, to do what they'd like this summer. Jerry West absolutely nailed this trade for the Clippers. And as for Philly, well, their starting five right now is absolutely loaded. They now have four all-star level players uh, that they are probably going to be able to keep under the salary cap. And uh, if they don't, and Jimmy Butler decides to walk in free agency, Tobias Harris is great insurance there. Uh, Philly has looked ridiculously good since the trade has been made in their two games. I mean, they throttled their the Lakers uh, on Sunday, and uh, they look like a real threat to make the finals. Marc Gasol was sent from the Grizzlies to the Raptors for Jonas Valanciunas, DeLon Wright, CJ Miles, and a future second-round pick. Uh, for Toronto... They get a nice veteran. I mean, Marcus Gasol has been a really good player for a long time. Um, he's a little old in the tooth, but uh, he gives them flexibility to play a little bit big, play a little small, and let's say they get into the finals and he has to guard, say, uh, a Boogie Cousins for the Golden State Warriors. You know, he's very capable of doing so. And for Memphis, I mean, it was time. You know, they were really bad this year. They started out hot, but they completely cratered. Uh, Memphis gets off that contract and it's time to rebuild a little bit. And now to the deal that I hated involving my New York Knicks that happened, you know, a week prior to the deadline, the Knicks sent Kristaps Porzingis to Dallas 
along with Tim Hardaway Jr. and Courtney Lee for DeAndre Jordan, Wes Matthews, Dennis Smith Jr., and two future first-round picks. So, I have had a lot of time to think about this one, and a lot of time to internalize this, and uh, I've come to the same conclusion I've come to the minute it happened. Now, I know the Knicks now have cap space for two max players this summer, close to $75 million in cap space. And the pairing of Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, well, that's the dream for the New York Knicks. But to sacrifice your best player, who's going to be a restricted free agent and is still on his rookie deal for a pipe dream and cap space is straight up irresponsible. Now, I understand he's coming off injury, which is scary, especially for a guy that big coming off an ACL injury. I get it. And I get that he's missed a lot of games with injury for various different injuries. I get all that. But still, you have to exhaust every option to trade Tim Hardaway Jr. and Courtney Lee before having to include a 22-year-old all-NBA caliber player who, before he got hurt, was one of the 15 best players in the NBA last year. You have to do whatever you can do to get off those two contracts before you trade him as a sweetener for cap space. The Knicks haven't done well in free agency in my lifetime. When they wanted Charles Barkley, they ended up with Larry Johnson and his bad back. When they wanted LeBron and Dwayne Wade, they ended up with Amari Stoudemire. So why will this be any different? And the bottom line is this, we could have waited an extra week for another deal to materialize to have gotten a little bit more of an asset. We didn't really need to rush this one. And if you're looking for Kyrie Irving, the number one asset we got in this deal was Dennis Smith Jr. Well, guess what? If you get Kyrie Irving, Dennis Smith Jr. is not going to be on the team much longer. Uh, and if you don't get Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, this trade is one of the worst trades in history. And for all the Nick fans who are reaching out to me saying, well, Porzingis was angry with the organization and he didn't want to be there, well, a lot of that is BS and at Madison Square Garden and Nick spin that they've been doing to everybody who's ever left their organization in the last 25 years. The rookie max extension is completely undefeated, and especially for somebody with Kristaps's injury history, there was no way he was tear. I should say, uh, turning down a max deal. So I don't think he was going to bounce. Yeah, he was angry with the organization because the organization is crap and they do dumb things. But he's the guy you want to bring players to play with. You could have had, you know. Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, and Kristaps Porzingis, and potentially a top three pick this year. But because this team is so inept, for so long they used Kristaps Porzingis as trade bait sweetener to create cap space. It shouldn't have had to come to that. It's just absurd. So now, as always, a bird in the hand is better then two birds in the bush. You had something great in Kristaps. He was the best thing you've done since Patrick Ewing. And now he's gone to create cap space. Just, just ridiculous. And the two first-round picks that you were going to get are going to be late picks. Because Dallas is going to be really good with Luka Doncic and Kristaps. Now... Will I change my tune if Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving sign? Or if Kawhi Leonard instead of Kevin Durant signs? Sure. But 
this wasn't good business in the moment. And even if it works out for them, it won't be good business then. It's just it's just the Knicks doing Knicks things, and they just make me sad all the time. That's just the way it is. Um, one thing to uh, note uh, on the Knicks front, I mean, they have lost now 16 straight games and have the worst record in the league. And if you saw what Zion Williamson did this weekend against Virginia, that block, I mean, just unbelievable. Like, the most athletic play I think I've ever seen. Um not trying for Zion. Let's hope those ping pong balls fall in the Knicks' favor and uh, we can actually have something to be excited about in Knicks land. From one dysfunctional marquee franchise to another, the Los Angeles Lakers. What a few weeks for them. And we're going to talk a lot about them with uh, my guests and hopefully guests later this evening. But just uh, just a quick word by myself. So it was very public how the Lakers went hard after Anthony Davis and have lusted after Anthony Davis. Magic Johnson wanted it bad. LeBron wanted him bad. Davis and LeBron's agent, Rich Paul, wanted it bad. Uh, Davis, as has been well reported, is a free agent, not after this season, but after next season and wants out of New Orleans and is given a list of teams um, with the Lakers, Knicks, Bucks and Clippers being the teams that he's willing to re-sign with at the end of his contract or if he's traded. Now, the Lakers' trade assets won't change from now till the summer. It's going to be a combination of Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma, and a future first-round pick or picks. Um, But none of those picks are particularly good first-round picks. So New Orleans should do the prudent thing and wait to get their best offer, which will as I said before, will probably come in the summer. So now you have the Lakers who are publicly dangling their entire team to get Davis and completely alienating the players in the locker room and causing a major divide. And, well, let's just say the results since this courting of Anthony Davis has uh, has come on. Well, uh, the results haven't been really good for the Lakers outside for their uh, comeback win in Boston um, last week. Magic Johnson... Um, For how public this played out, Magic Johnson looks really stupid. LeBron James looks really bad. Rich Paul tried to flex his muscle, or I should say his so-called muscle, uh, as a power broker in the NBA. Well, he looks ridiculous. Uh, And Anthony Davis looks really bad, too. The only person who came out looking good from this is Del Demps, the embattled um, general manager for the New Orleans Pelicans, who has not done a good job over the years. But at least he stood up and didn't kowtow to the Lakers this year. Listen, if the Lakers' young guys, mostly Brandon Ingram, were just a little bit better um, and not having kind of stagnated in terms of their development this year, this trade would be more desirable and the trade would basically be done. If the Lakers had better a better collection of first-round picks, this trade would be done. But that's not the case. So New Orleans, kudos to them for holding out for the best offer and not trading Davis to the Lakers because they are the Lakers. And anytime LeBron doesn't get what he wants when he tries to pull strings like this is a win. So really impressed by the way New Orleans handled this situation. And personally, I really hope the Lakers miss the playoffs this year. Um, Right now, they are in 10th place in the West um, after LeBron James missed so much time with injury. Because if they had missed the playoffs this year, it would just be poetic justice and bring a smile to my face. And one last thing on LeBron James. 
just another lack of self-awareness by LeBron James after posting his comment on Instagram regarding the Harrison Barnes trade. As you all know, Harrison Barnes got traded mid-game. wasn't necessarily a good look for the Dallas Mavericks um, to trade him mid-game, even though it came out and said that Barnes knew the deal that the trade might happen mid-game and he chose to play anyway. Uh, Of course, LeBron doesn't know the situation and comments talking about how the outrage that you could trade a player mid-game and if players want out to make their situation better, that now they're labeled selfish. I'm all for player empowerment and and players having power and for the owners not to treat the players like commodities. I get all that. And on the surface, it sounds like LeBron James, you know, is just saying something that's relatively positive. But I'm sorry, dude. You can't come out and say that after you publicly tried to get your entire team traded and fractured your own locker room. Like, let someone else make that comment. It looks really shallow coming from you. And that's just my two cents on that. That's it for this segment. And we're going to get into my uh, guests, hopefully in the next uh, couple of moments. All right. uh, I have a pleasure of welcoming on uh, two wonderful guests, uh, special guests, especially since I am in their hometown of Los Angeles. Uh, One is a recurring guest. One's a first timer. We're going to put them both through the ringer. Had to talk about what's going on in Lakerland. Uh, Welcome on. Ellie Javinfard and Rob Carpellis. Gentlemen, how's it going? What's going on, Mr. Tobinhas? All is good. All is good. So uh, I'm excited to talk to you guys a little bit. Um, before we get into all things Lakers, I wanted both of your um, quick thoughts on the trade deadline, not Lakers related, knowing that you guys are two of uh, the bigger uh, NBA fans I know. Um what was one trade that you each liked and one trade that you didn't that surprised you a little bit? I'll let Ellie go first. Sure. Thank you for having me, Aaron, uh, on your podcast. Uh, I'm a, definitely a fan, and it's been uh, nice to be joining your uh, podcast here. I would say my favorite pickup was Miritich going to the Bucks. I think they, they were there. They have a solid, solid team. Giannis is playing on an MVP level right now. I feel like their defense is is very strong, and they're missing another shooter, another scorer, another someone who can space the floor. I think that's a solid, solid, underrated pickup right there. Especially for the price that he that they paid for him. I mean, I I agree with you. It, I thought that was the best trade of the trade deadline. Rob, what about you? Uh, the Clippers getting uh, Zubac. <laughs> No, no, no! I'm kidding. The uh, it was I, no, no. I'm being dead serious. I like what the Clippers are doing. The shipping Tobias Harris was um, was a nice move. They have nice cap space. I like. I just I like I like their coach. I like their uh, I like their pieces. I like their mindset. I like Kerry West. I think that it's interesting that the Clippers are a better run team than the Lakers right now. Um, it's surprising to get rid. Like, if you're getting rid of like shot West, fired, shot the Jerry fired. West is a guy. Like, when he makes a move, you know that he's making the right move. So when you're getting rid of a, a potential All Star in the middle of the season, you must know something is up. And every move that the Clippers have made since Jerry West got there has ended up being the right move. So, um, yeah, I like that one a lot. The Gasol, the Marcus Gasol trade is the other one too. Like, that's interesting. 
Um, you know, he's kind of like a dead corpse right now, but it's one of those moves like we're doing it for the playoffs and it's another good body and a guy that could score. So to me, that puts the Raptors in a good spot, you know? The Gasol trade was a little interesting to me because if you look at how the Raptors play, um, they've played better with Ibaka at the five when they go a little small because you can't take Pascal Siakam out of the out of the lineup. But I guess this just gives them flexibility, and they didn't really give up a whole lot. I mean, I like DeLon Wright as a player, but they already had, you know, backup guards like Fred Van Vliet and, and uh, Norman Powell. Like, Gasol gives them potentially upside, but I, I don't know how that's going to work. But I, I guess for the flexibility of it, I, I like the trade, considering if they're going to have to guard, you know, potentially Boogie Cousins in the finals... That, that's why you make this trade. As for the Tobias Harris trade, it's a great haul for a guy who is really going to be their plan B in free agency. Um, I mean, their their clear number one is either Durant or Kawhi Leonard. And, um, you know, Tobias Harris's plan B, he's an all-star caliber player, but if you can get, you know, future assets, a nice player in Landry Shamit, um, a... Uh, and a pick. I, I really like what the Clippers did. Go Clippers. The Clippers are in rebuilding mode. I don't know if I agree with that right now. I think they, they sold they uh, they sold on Blake. They CP three is gone. They got they, they, they had a nice solid little thing going on with Tobias and Gallo and, and Patrick Beverly and Lou Williams and Montrez Harrell is playing out of his mind. Now you just put yourself back and yeah, you get picks. And you get, but but you're but you're 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 in like rebuild mode, and yeah, everything Jerry West touches does go does go to gold. But the jury's still out on that. I you know you need we need to see you know another one to three more years and see where they land. That I'm not sold on the Clippers move. Well, Ellie, let me ask you this. Um, I mean, if the Clippers make the playoffs, odds are they lose their pick to the Celtics because their pick this year is lottery protected. If they drop out of the eighth seed and enter the lottery, then not only do they get the future first-round pick, but they keep their own pick, and they have the cap space. So does it really – does the cost of uh, a late lottery pick, you know, does it make up for the fact that they're just going to get swept by the Warriors in round one? I don't necessarily think so. I, I, I hear. I definitely hear that, but I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sold that they have – even if they get two lottery picks and they're in the first round, they're they're starting all over again. They're they're rebuilding, and they had a guy who was in his prime, who they traded, basically their franchise player for. They traded Blake Griffin away, and now they're just trading everything away to try to stockpile assets, and and rebuild. And yeah, yes, maybe they'll hit in the lottery, and maybe they'll you know find the right piece. And Jerry West found Kobe Bryant, you know, so he has. He's reputable and he knows what he's doing, but it, I, their move was like, do we want to be mediocre? And they said no. And do we want to start over? And that's what they're doing. But the jury's still out. You don't know why. Why? Why can't the Clippers pick up a nice big creation? That's what this move is about. Nobody, and then nobody's and then, going to the Clippers, man. I mean, people like Jerry West, man. Durant likes Jerry West. LeBron's always said he likes Jerry West. Kobe speaks. To Jerry West is like a different like, speaks a different language than some of the other, like, GMs or owners out there, you know? Like, a lot of guys in the NBA, they look up to him as, like, right? Like, what do they, they always call him, right? Like, the, he's the godfather, right? 
Like Pat Riley had that stick for a little bit, but it looks like Jerry West is that guy. So and you're not, right, it's like the Clippers, but if there's one guy who could pull it off, it's him. And then if they don't, then they've got the assets and the picks and the cap space, healthy enough team to look forward to the next season. It's not like the Lakers situation where if you strike out in free agency, all hell breaks loose. That's why I say the Clippers are in a much better spot right now than than. And not just that. I mean, Steve Ballmer is an owner that guys respect and would want to play for. But enough about the Clippers, uh, because I didn't bring you guys on to talk about the Clippers. Uh, The state of the Lakers. Um, Rob, I'll let you start off. Uh, Your thoughts on what's going on, um, how Magic Johnson's done so far. Your thoughts on what's transpired the last two weeks. Um, Fard, I, I can imagine that you may have to talk Rob off the ledge. So, Rob, the floor is yours. What am I talking about? How much I hate the Lakers? Um, th- this your opinion of the state of the Lakers, whether the it's Lakers, the, the Lakers. The, let me this, let me break it down. When when the Lakers got rid of there was when it was Mitch Kupchak and 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 Doctor Buss's son Jim Buss, the whole like the, the shtick around town was like Jim Buss is the problem, right? Like he's the cancer. The Lakers are never going to win with him. He's not his father. He doesn't know what he's doing. But on the side, like, I kind of, I, I went with, you know, with, with, with what the communal, like, saying was about, right? Like, I went with everybody. I, I was in the group think. And then I thought to myself, you know what? Every pick that he's made, like Julius Randle or D'Angelo Russell or Brandon Ingram, right, it ended up being a really good pick. Like, if you look at the draft order, you're like, yeah, that was the right pick. And it's very hard to go, like, check mark, check mark, check mark on every single pick that you make. So, what, other than striking out on big name free agents, I thought he was doing a good job. The Luol Deng contract and the uh, I forget the, the tip of my tongue, the other contract they gave that was a Moz, disaster. Mozgov. Mozgov. Those are a disaster. I agree, those are disasters. But my point is, is that I thought Mitch Kupchak and Jim Buss were doing a very good job, and we know how good Mitch Kupchak is. They got fired, right? Because Jeannie didn't get along. She didn't get along with her brother. Whatever the reason was, hired Magic. And it just seemed to me very much like Magic Johnson was in this mode of, like, I know what to do. I'm Magic Johnson. I know how to get big-name free agents. I'm, 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 I'm going to be the best GM in the NBA. Like, he talked a big game from day one. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not the smartest guy. But to be a GM, don't you have to know, like, you got to know contracts. you got to know how to scout player personnel. you got to know how to draft. Rob Polinka. That's, that's a Rob Polinka. But, but Polinka and Magic are like they're. I mean, to me, it's. I don't know, like who the pecking order in terms of who makes the final decision. You're right. Polinka's supposed to be that guy, but so far, if you look at every single one of their moves, other than getting LeBron James, and let's face it, like let's be honest, LeBron is probably coming here regardless, right? If I was the GM, he'd probably still come here. Okay, he had no other options. Other than that, every single one of Magic's moves have not been good. Okay, they traded D'Angelo Russell, which I don't care if you want to say it's because he's in the East. He's now an All-Star, so you gave away an All-Star, the number two pick for nothing. Then you needed a stretch five who could space the floor, and you had that in Brook Lopez, and then you got rid of him for also for absolutely no reason. You were developing a young talent in Zubac, and you got rid of him. Julius ran for for I don't know for a, 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 a random shooter that is you know catering to LeBron James. You had another guy, uh, Julius Randle, who balled it up last year. He's gone. So. Everything that the Lakers have worked for to tank and to, to, to do good scouting, get good players, is now not on the team anymore. The whole plan, it looks like to me, which is funny because Jim Buss and Mitch Kupchak got criticized for this, is we're going to create cap space and then we're going to go after big-name free agents. 
which is the exact same thing that, like I said, Mitch Kupchak and Jim Buff got criticized for. It's not a strategy. It's not a good long-term play. It's flipping a coin. It's the same thing that you did with Anthony Davis, which is I'm going I'm I'm to market my whole, my whole team, half my team, hope that Anthony Davis comes, and we're just going to win that way. It's not looking long-term. It's short-term sighted. It's catering to LeBron. And the other thing, last thing I'll say about LeBron is he had this whole shtick when he came here of, I love the young guys. It was a basketball decision. It wasn't just because it was L.A. I like the player personnel here. He's buddy-buddy with everybody. And the Lakers are good. Up until Christmas Day, the Lakers are playing well. LeBron gets hurt. And during that time that he gets hurt, it's reported that his camp wants Luke Walton out. And then it's reported that because he's on the right, that, that clutch, whatever, uh, uh, that agency, that you know he's behind the whole you know pushing for Anthony Davis thing. So alien in the process, alienating his whole team. So LeBron is a cancer. Magic doesn't know what he's doing. The Lakers young players, you think they're going to be loyal to the Lakers in a couple of years when they become free agents? No way. They're going to want out as well. So to me, I think it's dark times. I think the Lakers end up getting some semi-big free agent name in the offseason, like maybe like a Jimmy Butler or something like that, and are a second-round team, and LeBron just tries to do whatever he can to will his way to a championship. Maybe he gets it, probably not, and then the Lakers are set back for the next 10 years. Ellie what, Ellie, what do you respond to this? Because uh, that sounds very doom and gloom. Yeah, so uh, I'm, I think I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum here. On this one. I, I definitely think Robert is uh, very credible and has a lot of good points. And I think the history definitely does play in here. But at the same time, you have to make tough decisions, right? So the Lakers drafted a point guard in Lonzo Ball, and they got rid of D'Angelo Russell, and they said that was the move. And now on top of that, they got rid of a contract, an awful contract in the, it, you know, by getting rid of Mozgov in that deal. And they got the point guard who they thought was the point guard of their future. In that same draft, Magic Johnson drafted a gym in Kyle Kuzma, a late first-round pick looking like a you know a guy who's going to average 20 and just gets a pure scorer in this league. He's, he may not be a franchise player, but Kyle Kuzma is, will be your third best player on a championship team. He could be that guy who could just get you a bucket. He can space the floor, and he actually complements LeBron to the highest level. I think, I think we need to pause on the Lakers are you know falling apart right now because if you take a step back and really look at the season, prior to LeBron getting injured and prior to Lonzo getting injured, the Lakers were the fourth seed in the West. And there, and it was, uh, it was Lonzo Ball, it was Ingram, it was Kuzma, it was LeBron, it was, it was McGee, and it was Tyson coming off the bench a little bit. And, and yeah, Zubak was playing well. And, and you had a couple of younger guys coming in, Josh Hart and, and, and Stevenson with the energy and the hustle. And I think that the injury bug hit the team really hard. Oh, I, I definitely think the injury bug hit the team really hard. It's affecting the Lakers. And on top of that, when you have a, a, a talent like an Anthony Davis, and first of all, the Pelicans, don't even get me started with the Pelicans. They negotiated in, in, in shitty faith. Right, and Magic got played. They, they, That's okay. okay, but at the same time, at the same time, what, what is the reason why Paul George didn't want to come to the Lakers because there wasn't like a dog and pony show put out for him that we want you, we want you. So Magic went out of his way publicly to show that he wants Anthony Davis to go to do whatever it takes 
to land a guy like that. And, and, and everyone is so tied into Ingram and Lonzo Ball. And like these guys, these guys are good players. But when you can get Anthony Davis. For half, like, wait, wait, wait. For half the team, though? And no to go, like, we're going to give you Ingram, we're going to give you Lonzo, we're going to give you first round picks, we're going to give you the cure to AIDS, we're going to give I mean, how many fifth? Like, I agree with you. Half of those offers were fake. Half of those offers weren't real. Not true. That's not true. That's not true. Those are from, listen, that's from Adrian Warger. That's from one of the best reporters in the game is reporting that. I don't know what's, you're right. I don't know what's fake or what's not fake, but Magic got played. He let everything, there's no, there's no, there's like, when you're, when you deal as a GM, you're supposed to deal in, no one's supposed to know what's going on. That's how you know an actual good gem. Magic is but, new to this. But, but that's so the at the same that's time, everybody's Lakers, name is out there. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Lakers weren't going to win the championship this year. It wasn't right. about this year. But the it was players about setting yourself don't up. feel good about the organization. Look at we who, talked about right. We, we talked about this when when Lakers signed LeBron. He said when Lakers got LeBron, and he's here for four years, if LeBron delivers us one championship in four years, it's considered a success. Year one, year one, we have we had a chance to get Anthony Davis and maintain LeBron James on our team. It's once very, you have that, I'll tell you, I'll tell you you're securing your future. It's very unlakerish though, because we've never been that franchise that's like you know what, we just want one, and that's that's the mentality of like the Cavs. We've never won one. We'll, we'll market the franchise for that one title. The Lakers have always been ten steps ahead of everybody. You're else. You're getting a top five player in his prime. And getting an Anthony Davis, 25, 26 years old in his prime. I don't. He's the best player in the NBA. But, but they he didn't. Top five players. Okay, but, but they didn't. Okay, but you're trying to get that. So Hold on one second, one second. I just want to interject because we're going to get into the trade that that wasn't made. Um, the bottom line is this, and, and, and this is ha- how I see it as an outsider. And again, I also root for a very dysfunctional franchise that hasn't had the success that you guys have had. So I, I, I get what this is all about. When D'Angelo Russell was traded to create cap space, um, and partially because they wanted to pave the way for Lonzo, I thought they sold low because I didn't think that giving up an asset to create cap space is a good idea. I mean, I just saw Kristaps Porzingis get traded to as trade sweetener to create cap space. The bottom line is why I don't think... Uh, yeah, and Magic publicly lusted after him and... and um. And it doesn't look good for the Lakers. But I, I do believe in, and I've said this multiple times, that if like Brandon Ingram was just a little bit better, if he'd taken a little bit more of a step forward, or if Lonzo Ball had, um, or if their picks were just like a little bit better, this trade would have been done. But the fact of the matter is, is like those guys just aren't good enough right now. I don't and, think the Pelicans were ever going to trade with the Lakers. And that may be that's true. That's my point. That's my point. I think Magic just got swindled, and he looked bad doing it. And they weren't going to take any of those guys to begin. They were they were going to wait to the off season. They want to see what's going on with Zion. They want to see what's going on with the Celtics. It's it's an amateur hour for Magic Johnson. That's what that to me. That's what. So it was he shouldn't have gone for that trade. He shouldn't have tried. He should have just sat back and done nothing. He should Don Mart not 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 everything that he offered though. No. No, that's a losing trade. That's an absolute. And then for the for the Pelicans to not even make it, and then for Magic to let it leak out like the way he did, no, I think it's awful. So let, look at. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Continue. The other day, the other day, he goes, "This is Magic Johnson for you." The other day, listen, I love Magic. Magic's one of the best players of all time. He's a legend in Los Angeles. I don't. I and I thank him for everything. I don't think he's a good GM. Look, at, he said the other day, two days ago. 
was at the Michigan State game, and he says, you know, I'm not going to – I'm going to call – I'm going to go to the players. I'm going to give them a hug. I'm going to tell Ingram and Kuzma and all those guys, it's, you know, we're here for you, we want you, et cetera. Then the next day, the next day reporters are talking to him, and another reporter asks him the same question. He goes, you know, I'm not going to call all these guys. They don't need to be babied. They don't need to – this is the NBA. This is professional basketball league. That just shows me right there. The guy doesn't even – he did it from one day, one minute to the next. He doesn't even know what he doesn't have his pulse on anything. When you're making conflicting statements like that, it just shows me you just he shoots from the hip. It felt like that when they hired when the Lakers hired him, and it seems like that now. Why do you think when he came to the Lakers, he you know he fired everybody when he came to the Lakers. He fired player personnel. He fired scouts. Why? because he didn't want to be criticized, because he wanted to be the Magic Show. And then Jerry West is on record as saying, I wanted to go to the Lakers before I went to the Clippers, and Magic said no. Connect the dots. So now that the trade wasn't made, um, Rob, you think they're better off. Obviously, Ellie, you don't think that they're better off. But given what the rumor mill and the scuttlebutt has been around the free agent class this summer, I mean... It doesn't look like Durant is going to look at the Lakers. Uh, Kawhi had a chance at the Lakers, but doesn't look like he's going to really look at the Lakers. Um, Clay Thompson, maybe, but it, he he would be foolish not to resign with the Warriors. I mean, those are the big dudes. Uh, you can say Jimmy Butler, but do the Lakers really want to pay Jimmy Butler, you know, $35, $40 million for four years? I mean, don't you kind of have to go all in at this point? I'll let I'll let Ellie take it. Why? But hold on. Why is Kawhi Leonard off the table? Why? Why can Lakers get Kawhi Leonard? Because he it, the reports have come out that it it sounds like he prefers the Clippers over the Lakers if he's going to leave Toronto, and he may not leave Toronto because they're one of the they could easily go to the finals. Kawhi Leonard is going to leave and 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 go play with uh, with uh, uh, Lou Williams and uh, and. Dianlo Gallinari and and Patrick Beverly and not play with LeBron James and Kyle Kuzma and like Brandon Ingram. That's what he's going to choose. He's going to choose the Clippers over the Lakers. I, I don't buy that. That's one. And I think I, I think the that that the Lakers landed a horse and Magic was able to get LeBron. And why is he not able to land one more free agent? I think we have to we have we have to trust the process a little bit more here. I think the Lakers have. A young, strong core. I think if they make the playoffs, they they will definitely not be an easy out. They will, if Lakers make anything but the eighth seed and play Denver, OKC, any of those teams in the first round with a healthy team, a healthy LeBron James. Obviously, if they make the playoffs, that means they're they're playing well. There's 26 games left in the season. They they're 13 at home, 13 on the road. They need to have a a strong, you know, at least. Yeah, 17, 18 wins in the last twenty in the last twenty six games, and go on a nice low run and make the playoffs. And if they do make the playoffs and they do make some little bit of noise, it's a good experience for the young guys. It's more motivation. I look at I I would look at it more like the OKC team when they had when they had a young Westbrook, they had a young Durant, and they made the eighth seed and they played the Lakers in the first round. They actually played Kobe and Gasol, and that was the year Lakers went to the championship. And we and we won the championship that year. I, I really think that the Lakers team has so much potential. I think the young guys are need to just get a little bit more experience on their belt, and that 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 taste of the playoffs 
if the Lakers make the playoffs and with LeBron, why wouldn't a free a marquee free agent say, I want to join that team and I'm going to take them from the seventh or eighth seed with LeBron and the young core and make them a top four team in the West? Well, you're a, we, you're a lot higher on their on their young guys than me, but Rob, I'll let you take this one. So here's I so here's the thing. I agree with Ellie that on the surface things don't seem so right. Like they don't seem so bad. We can go to the playoffs. LeBron can go far. Young guys can step up. You're right. But here's what here's my answer, and it'll tie into your question, which is, I don't. When I look at the Lakers team now, I don't know, and I don't see. And maybe I'm wrong, and I hope I'm wrong because I would love the Lakers, and I hope they win the next 25 championships. But I don't really see a direction. Like I don't know if 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 Palinka and GM LeBron and GM Magic know exactly what it is that they want. Like, do they want it? And that, to me, is, like, your biggest problem. When the team doesn't have a direction and then, like, a really good option B or C to land on, and that's what the Lakers are always good at. Like, they always had – they were always ten steps ahead, right? Like, if the Chris Paul thing didn't work out, then they went and they got Dwight. You know what I mean? Like, if if Shaq wanted to be traded, okay, fine, we'll get Odom and we'll rebuild. Always a step ahead. They always knew how to pivot. This, to me, seems a little bit more like – do you like the young guys or you don't like the young guys? Do you want to get rid of the whole team or you don't want to get rid of the whole team? Are you just trying to get big-name free agents or you're not trying to get big-name free agents? If you want to get rid of the young guys, which young guys do you like? Do you have confidence in any of them or any of them untouchable? So when I see the Lakers and Magic kind of go back and forth, and Ellie's right, like there's a lot of conflicting reports, so it's tough to know what to believe in, which one to believe in. But, I, again, I don't see like this long-term vision. I don't have confidence in the Lakers like I used to growing up a Lakers fan. As a fan, you always knew we could pull a rabbit out of the hat. We always knew that we were a step ahead, and we find a way. I don't know if I feel that way about this Lakers team. The NBA so has changed, man. The collective bargaining agreement has changed. Sure, Social but I don't... Social media has changed. The, like, right, uh, the, the, lure, the lure of playing in L.A. is not there as much anymore. But that's, but so, that's our fault. But exactly, you're right. But that's, all, okay, that's the so Lakers' that's why fault. It was so, okay, so that's why they traded away... Guys, they traded away and they got rid of those guys in free agency that they didn't resign. But if the lure isn't there, then what so free agents can, will come? LeBron James is on the Lakers. Why would apparently you guys player? don't like to play with him? So hold Aaron, on one second. So that that actually that actually uh, segues into my next question. Your LeBron experience so far and all that comes with the LeBron, um, the whole circus. What are your thoughts about it so far? And, and I know he's, he got hurt for, like, the first time in his career for an extended amount of time. But, but what do you guys think about the LeBron James experience and all that comes with playing with LeBron? I'll take a first quick crack. I'll say this. As a player, he's one of the best players ever. He is. Ellie always talks about how great LeBron is. Ellie's 100% right. LeBron is one of the – when he's on the floor, he makes everybody better. I'm used to watching a guy like Kobe take over, and so it was kind. Of, it's, it's, it's a much. It's like kind of almost the opposite. LeBron is a guy who makes everybody around him better. He's. I've never seen anything like it. Like if I was on the Lakers, I feel like he'd find a way to get me involved and get me going. And he, he's that good. Um, I want to believe that he's not behind all of these things. You know, in terms of like he's not making GM decisions. But he is. Guy. But he. I want to believe that because you never want to think a player is also like pulling the strings it's just right that's a weird that's like a conflict of interest but you're right he probably is the last thing i'll say is is like he's had like whenever i try to give him the benefit of the doubt he always proves me wrong like and here's the perfect example and i end with this when he when when it came out like a, a month ago after lebron got hurt that like lebron's camp doesn't want luke walton anymore right 
LeBron could have come out. Do you think Luke Walton's a good coach for this team? Do you no, think Luke no, Walton's the coach I, for the future? I agree, but if Do you if think LeBron his rotation, his decision, is, his... No, you're right. But if LeBron okay, is, like, so a he's leader, stopped. and he's not trying to, like, start stuff and kick the coach out and cause drama, then come out and release a statement or in the next interview and be like, you know what, I love Luke as a coach. I'm, I'm not trying. I don't know where that report came from. But, of course, he didn't say that, which proves to me LeBron has wants these stuff to leak because this is his way of getting his way and, and, and making things happen for him. I get what Ellie's saying is Luke is maybe not the right coach. Anyways, I just it's tough as a fan to appreciate that because it's like here comes the drama again and here comes LeBron, you know, ripping up your team before, you know, it's like I don't know. It it, it doesn't it's play well. Account- it's, it's, it's accountability. So we want so we want greatness. We're used to greatness as Laker fans and we want the standard to be high. And when you have a you have a guy who doesn't understand defensive assignments and doesn't understand proper rotations and doesn't understand how to bench a guy and put in the right guy in the rotation and put the right guys around the team, you know, when you have LeBron on the court, you can't play guys that can't distribute, pass, shoot. You need to have guys who are like, you know, able to be flexible on the court. And Luke is just not the kind of coach that knows how to rally his team. Watch you. You watch the team. You watch the games. Rondo's the coach on the floor. LeBron's telling guys what to do. Like I, I just don't think Luke has a good pulse of this team. I you know, agree. we have we have we have we have the athletes to be a great defensive team. We have a, we have a, a an ex with an ex defensive player of the year in in Tyson Chandler. We have a great ball hawk in Rondo. Lonzo Ball is a great on the ball defender. LeBron James obviously doesn't play defense in the regular season, but you know he can take it to another level. Ingram, Kuzma, these guys are young, athletic. Josh Hart, these guys are so. So the schemes that I'm seeing, the way that we're playing D, the way that we're not even communicating, I put that on the coach. Like Lakers could be such a better defensive team. They have good energy off the bench too. And I don't think Luke is really mad. We're giving up 140 points a game, like. That's effort. That's coaching. That's scheme. Like we can score on anyone, but it's no. Bad. He's bad. I agree. I just I don't. LeBron, the player, the best in the game. LeBron. I'm excited to have him in LA. I'll tell you why. I I, I think it brings the buzz back to the city. I think it brings the All Star back to back to Staples. I think there's there's real excitement about the Lakers. I think it, there's been a lot of ups and downs this season due to the injuries, due to the trade talks, due to a lot of these things. But if the Lakers, like I said, make the playoffs and make a little bit of noise in the playoffs, all of this narrative is going to change. Everything is going to change. And then once the Lakers make the playoffs and the young guys are there and they get that taste in their mouth and they have LeBron on the team, Free agents are going to look at that and say that's an attractive place to be. They can have a, have a max, they have a max contract spot available. They have LeBron on the team. They made the playoffs in the West. You know that the Warriors are, are you know, are, have some tough decisions coming up this off season. They have to re-sign Clay. They have to re-sign Cousins. They have to re-sign Durant. There's no way in hell they're going to get all those guys. The, what the, happens? You, okay, fine. But what what happens if we if the Lakers strike out this summer? And they don't land that big name. Then what? They, first of all, there's two years to land the big name. 
Years. Yeah, but LeBron is getting up there in age. He's 34. Like, you can't take this for granted. I mean, again, and and I know you guys have to go soon, so I, I, I want to just kind of, like, wrap this up because I have two more questions for you, and I'll combine them into one. But the, the biggest mistake I think that the Lakers made was not, um, and Ellie alluded to it uh, a little bit a while ago, but not landing Paul George and doing what you needed to do to get Paul George. Because at that point, you would have had a bird in the hand and it would have been easier for LeBron. Uh, the second thing is, is and again, you know, it, it's a matter of, like, Ellie, you seem to like these young guys, and but I don't know. I mean, I personally still think Lonzo Ball can be an all-star in this league. I don't think Kuzma's ever going to get there, and I've never liked Ingram from the start. I don't think he's going to get there. And I think the Ingram not taking the leap is, is really is what... It's really hurting the Lakers. I mean, yeah, you could talk about Luke Walton and you could talk about LeBron James getting hurt, but in terms of their future plans, like if Ingram was either was just like 25% better, the Lakers would either be better organically or they would be or they'd have Anthony Davis at this point. So I guess my, my last two questions are this is um, do you think the Lakers make the playoffs in the end this year? I mean, they're in, in 10th right now and um, in the offseason, do you think Davis becomes a Laker? Do they find a way to get it done? I'm going to say yes, and I'm going to say no to Anthony Davis in the offseason. I'm going to say Lakers make the playoffs. I'm going to say no, Lakers do not get Anthony Davis in the offseason. I think the Anthony Davis trade is going to continue to linger until the trade deadline of next year. Because Ooh, he signed until the, interesting. I think he's he signed until the end of next year. I don't think I, I, I don't think Boston is going to is going to let go of Tatum. The only way the Celtics come into the into the mix is if Kyrie Irving decides to leave the Celtics, which is a real possibility, by the way. It's a real good possibility. That's the that's the only way, and those are the only two teams. And I think the Lakers are are are, are going to be you know to Rob's point earlier. They negotiated with the Pelicans. They tried to give them a deal. They didn't want a deal. The Lakers are going to sit back and wait and see kind of how free agency plays out. And if they're able to land another shark, another whale, and keep the young guys with LeBron, they might not need Anthony Davis. So there's a lot of flexibility there. There's a lot of potential there. But to Rob's point, there's a lot of risk. But at the same time, I do believe in magic. I do believe in the Lakers. Robert Carpellis, did you think Lakers were going to get LeBron James in the offseason? Like, did you actually think Lakers are going to pull that off? Like, we yeah, got but LeBron. I don't, I don't think it was because of that. You don't, he sat down and interviewed his team and said, I believe in Magic Johnson. That's why I came to the Lakers. It was a cool. I, I think if it was the Cub track, he would have said, I believe in Magic Johnson. I think LeBron has out well ahead of, I don't know. It's been documented that he probably was coming anyways. I'm not the first person to. Do Lakers make the playoffs? Rob, Lakers make the playoffs? Um, tough. I think they do, but but who knows? And Rob, do you think they um, they find a way to swing they swing Anthony in Anthony Davis trade at the end in the offseason? I'll backtrack real quick. Brandon Ingram sat it this year in 45 games, 17 points a game, a little under five rebounds, a little over three assists. Those numbers in the third year are very similar to DeMar DeRozan. Mm. So 
the whole thing of like Ingram is this is the, this is the issue. This is the problem right here. Same thing with D'Angelo, right? We're undervaluing. Are we? Un- I, here's the question. It's not my job. Are we undervaluing some of the assets that we have? And when you start to give them away for nothing, and then they blossom, that's when you're in big trouble. Also, it's hard for young guys to develop on this kind of team. Like, no one likes to coach. The GM seems to be getting swindled. The star player wants you traded. Not exactly like the best environment, right? To like get to, and a lot of guys who have left the Lakers, by the way, D'Angelo even flew back the other day. They they said things about the Lakers like, ah, it's nice to be in a place now where like you could just develop. It's nice to be in a place where you can just work on your game now. It's nice to, well, like, yeah, the bright. Oh, yeah, the, I mean the lights are always bright on the Lakers, man. Like the, if you can't if you can't take the heat guy out of the dome, bro. We like you know we're playing in Lake. This is a 16 time. NBA champion franchise. Like, you got to do it. You got to rings. You got to develop these. These guys are young, 19, 20 year olds. Can't you know think that they're going to be Kobe Bryant tomorrow morning. So my point is, is Lakers need to figure out who they like and who they don't like, and who they think is good because they spent all those years scouting these guys, drafting them, and now it's like, uh, we don't, you know, and what, what do you even go to the draft for? Um, this summer, like I said, the beginning of the podcast. Um, I don't think they get anything. Rob, speak a little louder. We can't hear you. I think they end up a guy like a Jimmy Butler um, who can, uh, you know, who's not tied to clutch and who kind of just wants to come. I don't want to say like collect a paycheck because Jimmy Butler is a good player. I mean, I'm not undervaluing that. If they got a guy like Jimmy Butler, it's great. Um, but I don't think they I don't they don't end up getting like a superstar, um, and that's enough to you know maybe make a potential run at you know at whatever. But at the end of the day, like I said, Lakers need direction. They need to figure it out. I do predict though that within a year, um, I do think Magic is gone. Luke's gone for sure. I think Magic's and I think it goes back to the bus kids. That's my that's my prediction. Mm. Wow, wow, wow. Interesting, wow. interesting. Um, yeah. I, I don't know uh, how I can uh, top that because that's a really hot take. Uh, but uh, we're wrapping up here in the studio. Uh, I really want to thank you guys for coming on and doing this. This was awesome. Um, I know I'm going to be in town for at least another week, uh, a couple of days. So maybe uh, if the Lakers are in town, we can, uh, we can catch a game. We'll do it up, bro. Absolutely. Guys, uh, thanks so much again. Uh, that is Robert Carpellis and Ellie Javenfard giving uh, me and the loyal listeners of uh, the Legion uh, their Lakers takes. Really appreciate it, gents. See you guys. My pleasure, man. All the best. Thank you. See you. All right. Uh, thanks again to my esteemed guests, Rob Carpellis and Ellie Javenfard. We fought through some technical difficulties, uh, but really good stuff from them. And that is episode 42 for the love of the game. Take us out, Dre and Pop.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.